Cody Bellinger. First baseman outfielder, Cody Bellinger. About Cody Bellinger. Belly signs. If we don't sign Belly, Cody. Cody Bellinger. For Belly and Bellinger. Bellinger. Cody Bellinger to a three-year, $80 million deal. One, two. Swinging a drive toward right center. Back goes Robert. Back near the stands. That ball is gone. A game-winning home run for Chris Morrell. Can you believe it? Listen to this crowd. Welcome back to the Brotherly Cubs podcast. I'm John, and that's my brother, Zach. We are your brothers who love everything Cubs baseball. If you enjoy talking about the Cubs, then hit that subscribe button, turn on the notifications, and join us every week as we dive into the power, the speed, and the the best team in the National League. We'd like to start off each podcast with a playful question for all 45 of our subscribers. Feel free to put your answer in the comments. Today, Zach, I have two questions for you. So number one, who is this Lisa that we heard broke the news about Cody Bellinger signing? And number two, where did Ricketts find this extra revenue laying around for signing Cody Bellinger? Yeah, so I'll start. I can start with the Ricketts part of those two questions. Tom Ricketts is a small business owner in what is the smallest market in all of Major League Baseball, Chicago. Tom Ricketts, the small business owner of a mom and pop shop that produces signs, and it's called Ricketts Pickets. He's a former union organizer. So small mom and pop shop, tiny market, and he's just got a lot of union organizers that really love to picket. We had the writer strike, you know, last year. Picket signs were absolutely rocketing up. So Maybe he didn't have the money last year, but due to all these strikes and the unions forming and picket signs, Ricketts Pickets is starting to go on the up and up. And that's just, <laughs> that's that's how we that's got awesome. the money. The picket signs are a massive success. So that's, uh, that is awesome. I was actually, I thought that was actually part of his backstory. Like he really was like, he, <laughs> he really sold that completely. Um, yeah. I mean, who, who knows, you know, what kind of extra revenue he was really looking for uh, to sign um, Cody Bellinger. We'll get into that in a little bit. Um, Lisa, who is this Lisa? My thoughts. Um, this is Lisa um, Bartlestein. That's what I imagine her. Lisa Bartlestein from um, accounting. And she was having, uh, she was having lunch, you know, at Panera and, and her friend allegedly saw Cody Bellinger and, broke the news. So that's who I imagine Lisa is. She's just, uh, you know, a, a random person in um, accounts or accounting. What, accounts, accounts payable. payable. <laughs> accounts payable, yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's move on to the latest news around the league, uh, preferably our Chicago Cubs. The Chicago Cubs signed first baseman outfielder Cody Bellinger to a three-year, three-year $80 million deal effective immediately. Once he passes a physical, so he has to show up and start being a Cub. Um, But first, let's start with some more pressing news. The Cubs began their spring training games for the 2024 season. Uh, Spring training for the Cubs started last Friday, February 23rd. The Cubs beat the White Sox 8-1. They also beat the Giants on Saturday 8-4. Zach, you were able to attend Friday's game versus the White Sox. Uh, This was your very first spring training game for the Cubs. What were your thoughts and experiences taking in a beautiful day in Mesa, Arizona, watching our Cubbies kick off the baseball season? Yeah, so one word, just pure excitement. We showed up 
we uh, got to our Airbnb, kind of got our stuff all unpacked, hung out for a little bit. And then for right before dinner, we drove by the park and just parked right there next to the, the stadium. We got some pictures that I can post later on social media, on Twitter. And it's it's insane, like just seeing a Cubs ballpark in the middle of the desert in Arizona. It's unreal. And then the next day, again, more excitement, pure, just absolute joy watching Pulling up to a parking lot again in Arizona and you're walking by and you just see all these Cubs fans and it's it's even funnier seeing a cross town rivalry game in Arizona too. You see Cubs and White Sox. You don't see as many White Sox fans, right. but they're there. You know, all these people, I'm sure all these like retirees from Illinois, the Midwest and moved out to Arizona that now they get to see their team play. I had a great time. I met up with Cody Del Mendo of CHGO Cubs. And we hung out for a little bit for, you know, a, a chunk of the game there through the fourth inning. And before the game, bottom of beer, we just kind of hung out and talked. And it's like, hey, there's a lot to talk about. We talked about I was wearing an Ian Happ jersey. We talked about sort of the lineup decisions. We talked about council. We talked a little bit about Cody Bellinger and what's what are we going to do if Belly signs or, you know, what happens not if we don't sign Belly. And just just talked for a while and hung out right there on the right field lawn, and then uh, the you know infamous photographer Rich Beasterfield also came through. He was actually sitting in the left center uh, lawn, and he was before the game. He was out at the the uh, backfields taking pictures of some live BP and some practice and stuff like that. Uh, he's a master. He's a mastermind of of just he's a legend. I mean, there there's not enough kind of words you can say both about Cody and Rich Beasterfield. Rich has gotten encyclopedic knowledge of Cubs prospects, Cubs draft picks, international free agent signing. So he and I hung out for a little while and talked Cubs prospects and about the season. And he's a big council fan, which was really awesome to, to hear. And Cody and I just talked about Cubs legends, Jesse Chavez and Martin Maldonado that were <laughs> actually warming up in the bullpen on the right field line right in front of us before the game. So the whole experience was surreal. Hanging out with Cody, great dude, CHGO, awesome podcast. Rich Beasterfield takes pictures for Cubs prospects, international free uh, international signings, anyone in the system. And he helps out support at northsidebound.com. Go ahead and check out them as well. We'll link them in the description. Two amazing dudes. And I'm not going to lie to you. It was, it was an interesting game. I start out in right field. I had tickets on the first baseline, but I was like, hey, Cody, let's hang out. And wherever you're sitting, I'll hang out with you. And the first inning got off to a bang. I mean, they batted around. They had 10 batters in the first inning. It was almost surreal. Yeah, it was. It was what? <laughs> four to, was it four to nothing or something like that? It was six to nothing. Oh, so, six to nothing. Yeah. <laughs> so we have Jordan Wicks out there. He had a strikeout. He gave up. Uh, he gave up a fly ball, I guess, to PCA. We got to see him. We got to see a ground ball to Morrell. Everything he kind of just. All the talking points were there on display. The fifth starter job, the center field starting job, the third base starting job. Everything was out there for us to see. And then, lo and behold, this Cubs team put out a lineup of prospects basically with Ian Happ and Chris Morrell. So a couple regulars, but a lot of other guys like Matt Mervis, Luis Vasquez, Matt Shaw batted ninth. He had a double that he slammed into the left field line. At, mm -hmm guy's got a crazy swing a good swing and he had a single as well so we saw everything even pca scored from second on what was should have been just an infield single he rounded third and 
The throw came into first. The rider was safe. I think it was either Joe Hudson or someone else. And he scored. And we in the first inning, we also saw Ian Happ in the leadoff spot, which was pretty cool. Got a single. And then Chris Morrell had a two-run bomb. So it was it was everything and more. And I also I yeah. ended up sitting down the first base line after about the sixth inning. So after I was done hanging out with Cody and Rich, uh, went back to my seats and there was shades. So I didn't get too sunburned. Uh, and I had a great view and it felt like I got to see every Cubs prospect I'd like to see. So awesome. that was unbelievable. Can't recommend it enough to make the trip out there. It's, it's unreal. Yeah. We had talked a little bit about you coming or flying into Bakersfield next time. I think it was a 13 hour drive, right? From Dallas, uh, Fort Worth area. It is. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's a ways. It's, I commend you. I commend you on your ability to drive, you know, those long hours that, you know, we sat through driving across the country, just a little bit of backstory about Zach and I, we traveled, um, we've moved around as kids um, across the country to different states um, growing up. And so, um, you know, we're, we're used to those long car rides. Um, you probably barely remember some of them really, but. Right. Um, this trip ended up that we would end up seeing family out in Lake Havasu, which is even further away. So mm -hmm. we made the trip our way back and kind of last second pulled it all together. But I will say the drive we did yesterday was 14 hours and it was 14. a long one. Jeez. So, and we lost yeah. an hour in the time zone. We, we did okay though. We switched off driving and right. uh, I know it's a seven hour drive from where you live. So if we pull this off, either we'd meet in Phoenix, like I'd fly in and you drive or mm -hmm. if we trade off driving, I highly recommend it. It's almost like you're just, you're going to a Cubs game. And if you like prospects like we do. This is a top system in, in the majors right now, number one or two, depending on who you ask. And mm -hmm. you're seeing all these amazing prospects. Some guys are not even on the top 100, and they're showcasing what they've got. This is a very young, very talented group that we've got. All right. Yeah, I'm definitely um, looking forward to next year and uh, catching a spring training game and hearing you know Cody Del Mendo talk about it and the vibe from everybody. Um, it really, it really kind of piques your interest and really wants you to be a part of it. It's a unique experience. And so like I was, when I was texting him, I was kind of, I was, uh, happy for you. It's like, I was living vicariously through you and, <laughs> and like, man, that was a great experience. I had a great time. <laughs> and I, I didn't even go, yeah. um, but you know, like everything I'm, you know, eventually want to make it back to Wrigley field, obviously with you and, and, uh, you know, um, taking the experience of, a, a, another Cubs game at Wrigley field, but, you know, yeah. that's for another another uh, day in time. We'll discuss that more. But um, moving on. So we um, just to kind of wrap up the spring training, I guess, before we move on. Um, so the Cubs did take um, the first two games um, on uh, versus the White Sox and the Giants. So they beat the White Sox eight to one on Friday. They beat the Giants on Saturday, eight to four. Uh, what were your thoughts on Brennan Davis? Do you feel like he's going to make a, a charge for the opening day roster possibly, or do you feel like, what are your, what are your thoughts on him? Yeah. So Brendan Davis played at the Scottsdale game against the giants at their ballpark, which I laughed at this earlier, uh, Sloan park and the Scottsdale park are like literally four miles away from each other, 10 <laughs> minutes or so very close. Brendan yeah. Davis had a great game. I think he had a few hits. He had a two run. Uh, he had a solo shot. This is a game where the Cubs had a few home runs, a good game for fireworks. And Davis also had a two-run single. He looks like he's uh, more comfortable. He looks healthy. Uh, I thought he looked bulked up a little bit, but that could have just been sort of a 
you know, maybe because he was so successful in that game. I was like, hey, he looks good. Great start for him. I don't know if he'll make the opening day roster. Carter Hawkins seems to think he, or either that or Jed Hoyer, uh, the front office or council, I'm not sure who, but they mentioned that Davis will probably not make the opening day lineup. There's just too many, or the 26-man roster, there's too many outfielders right now for the Cubs. Good problem to have. But I think he could have a resurgence at Iowa. That's also going to be a very crowded outfield as well. Yeah, possible trade candidate down the line, obviously. For sure. Maybe like three or four (laughs) other outfielders that just have to go, you know. For sure. So this is good. That's a good problem to have. Um, So, Zach, I want to talk about our other point here that we we made in the beginning of the show. The Cubs signed Cody Bellinger to a three-year, $80 million deal. Um, officially, I believe that was early, early, early this morning, right? Yeah, like 1 a.m. <laughs> 1 a.m., yeah. <laughs> I had woken up, I think, at 6.30, and I was checking my phone, and it was insane just to uh, to to hear you break the news. And um, so what are your thoughts on Cody Bellinger signing this uh, kind of short-term deal, you would say, with the Cubs? Yeah. So for Belly, for Boris and Bellinger, this group, I know that they wanted to get a $200 million deal, but as we waited the offseason out, as the Cubs were patient and almost patient to a fault as we felt, Bellinger ended up taking a short-term deal. And if you remember a couple seasons ago, Carlos Correa and Scott Boris negotiated with the Twins a three-year deal with opt-outs after each year. That's exactly what the Cubs and Bellinger did here, as well as signing half of the guaranteed money that we thought in terms of years and dollars. We were talking about seven years or six years for possibly 160 or 170. He signs for three for 80. So the first couple of years will be 30 million for years one and two. And the uh, the sec- the third year will be $20 million. So if, if things don't go well for him in that either that first or second year, he can continue to write out the contract. It's possible things go well after either year and he opts out. However, I think... This deal for Bellinger and the Cubs is good because he can opt out if he dominates and the Cubs would also be okay with this if PCA is ready to go, right? Right. If Bellinger has a down year and he wants to opt in, he can still be a valuable first baseman, DH, uh, left or right, depending on who's healthy. He can play all over. He could be a very valuable player, even if he has a down year compared to last year. And this, this shows the the organization's confidence in their number one prospect, Pete Crow Armstrong. PCA has got blue hair. We see him in in Mesa, Arizona. Yeah. Uh, You got uh, to see that firsthand. A funny little nugget that I found out from Rich Beasterfield. When I was talking with him, we were talking about the blue hair and he said, some people don't like it, but he's like, I love it. And uh, at least he he's not mad about it, right? And he what a he mentioned... what a what a rebel. <laughs> uh, Rich Rich mentioned that PCA's girlfriend got uh, her hair dyed red, and so mm. she picked out the blue for for uh, PCA. And he said he just went with it. He's like, all right, let's do it. So uh, and I also mentioned a guy like Marcus Smart, you know, dyed his hair green when he was on the Celtics. So right. <laughs> I love it. He's it matches his personality. The guy's a lightning bolt. So it's like in my opinion, it's blue for cubbies and blue for like, you know, a lightning essentially. Yeah, blue lightning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. I mean, I love PCA. You know, I think we're all rooting for him so hard and just we really want to see 
Um, massive success for him. We want to see his speed on the base paths. You know, we want to see this is defense all around um, and his personality. You want that to show, you know, so. Um, but yeah, kind of going back to Bellinger, I'm really happy. You know, a lot of players were um, tweeting about it. I know Nico Horner was tweeting about it. Um, they're all really happy. You know, we obviously wanted to see something similar, I think, to what Dexter Fowler did a few years ago when he showed up at spring training camp and surprised everyone. But unfortunately, that didn't quite happen. But at the end of the day, we still got, you know, Bellinger and and that's what's important. So crazy timing. He signed. He probably agreed to the deal on 224-24. His jersey number is 24. And yeah. you're right about Dexter about eight years ago. Walked into the to uh, the backfields to practice on 225-16. So on the mm-hmm. 25th of February, eight years ago, Dexter surprised the team. And yeah. so once Bellinger passes a physical, which mm-hmm. should be pretty quickly in order here, I think he's in Arizona already per our resident expert, Lisa Bartlestein. Uh, yeah. Lisa Dubs or Lisa L Dubs on Twitter. We're trying to find her in. <laughs> but shout out to shout out to anybody named Lisa Bartlestein. I'm sure <laughs> you know, if anything, this just gives you, you know, more clout around the office, so to speak. <laughs> so Cody's in supposedly the rumor was that Cody was in Arizona. So if you can get a physical done, the Cubs in order to make the deal official. Uh, I guess they don't need the deal official for Cody to to be around the team. I'm not sure about the specifics of that. I think he could hang out with the team. There's guys that are non-roster invitees. He could hang out, practice with them, talk to Dustin Kelly, talk to Council, Andy Green, whoever, and start getting reps in, getting in the cage, getting live BP going. And then the Cubs need to make a decision if they're going to what they're going to do about the 40-man roster, either if it's a designated for assignment to a player, remove them from the 40-man roster, or if there is a player that is on the 40-man right now that would get put on the 60-day injured list, one of those two things has to happen for Bellinger to be put on the 40-man and activated. And I believe to play in games, I'm not sure if he has to be on the Mm 40-man. So there may be a little bit of time for them to sort of figure things out. Guys have been in camp per Rich. uh, I believe he thought that, you know, Morel was was later into camp, but a lot of everybody else came into camp very early in February. So there's prospect camps. Guy's been throwing for a while, not just right. that 14th pitchers and catchers report date, the Valentine's Day report date for those guys, but typically guys will show up a little earlier. And so for the last two and a half weeks or so, we should know if there's anyone that's struggling to get out of the gate in terms of pitching. So we may have some news about a 60-day injured list. More, more likely than not, it'd be a pitcher. I'm guessing it could be in order for Bellinger to get on the roster. I'm guessing it might be a Miles Mastroboni DFA and credit to him for being a great player, good plate approach. He turned it around after a tough start. I think it's hard for the Cubs to roster both Nick Madrigal and Miles Mastroboni. So, and they also have Patrick Wisdom at third, Morell, we'll see how he looks at third. I don't know what the timing's going to look like, but for Bellinger to make the roster, they need to cut somebody essentially. So we'll see. Or they trade. may make this decision. Or, or, or trade, right? I mean, you could, always, you could always wait for their stock to, to rise a little bit more, but there's also a risk in that. I mean, right now the prospects are, they're ranked pretty high. So, I mean, I mean, for how many we have in the top 100. Um, yeah. So yeah, kind of wonder what that means for, you know, like Bush, 
um, or Mervis, really Mervis, I would think, you know, is the big question mark out there. A lot right. of people are wondering what happens with him. Um, so we'll see. But that's a good problem to have, to have all these, um, you know, great players, especially in the farm system that you could possibly pull from in, in a offensive trade. So, Right. That might be the path they go, even though that's the hardest path to do. But if guys like Mervis or Davis become available in a trade, I wouldn't be surprised. And, and I'm also curious if, since the Cubs finally closed this deal with Bellinger, it took how long? It took until a few days into spring training, games actually starting. I'm curious if this pushes them to be a little bit more aggressive with one more signing, either bullpen or a starter, a guy like Jordan Montgomery. Could he be available on a short-term deal? We know the Rangers engaged with him. We know the Red Sox engaged the Cubs and the Giants. John Heyman also listed those teams as in on Montgomery, at least in negotiations. He's another Boris guy as well. So I'm not going to count on that. And yeah. it would be smart for the Cubs to to get him because their yeah. books look pretty clean in the future, right. even if they go into this luxury tax this year. But it seems as if any moves that are made might be at the trade deadline. And in order to do that, the Cubs only have so many millions to go before they hit that first luxury tax and start paying. So Ricketts did come out and say, uh, Ricketts of Ricketts Pickets did come out and say <laughs> that uh, that they're feeling pretty good about where the salary's at in terms of getting to that first line. They don't really want to go over. And so it's possible they might wait until they're a little bit more firmly into a playoff spot projecting for over 90 wins, and then they might go over the luxury tax. The problem with that thinking is that this is a very weak division. The Cardinals are seen as the front runners. The Brewers are taking a step back. So this is an opportunity for the Cubs to go out there and spend and be a little bit more aggressive, even if they're in their books are clean for a couple of years. But I'm not sure. I think they're still depending on the farm system in terms of pitching. And so they may not make any more moves. Bellinger signing for third. Well, I guess it depends on the way it looked. It's looked at uh, the luxury tax hit should be around 26 ish million. So, you know, they're, they, they're hitting pretty close to the tax line now. They might be done. It, it sucks that that's, it's come down to that, but we'll see if they have any more thoughts. I'm sure the rest of the free agents, Martinez, Montgomery, Snell, Chapman, those guys might want to sign pretty soon here. <laughs> right. Yeah. Or are almost going to be, you know, a week into spring training and it's like, you know, guys want their reps in. Obviously, spring training is, what, a whole month or so, roughly? Yeah, and I mean, there's, so there's 31 obviously a, days. Yeah, there's a ton of time. Um, Like you had mentioned, you know, who knows if we get another Boris client? I don't think. I don't, I, I strongly doubt it, although I would love to have um, Jordan Montgomery on, like, a three- or four-year deal um, if he's not able to secure a long-term deal with anyone else. So, right. we'll see. I guess time will tell, and... Um, you know, either way, I think we're, we're in a good place right now Yeah. Um, as far as our roster. And, um, as the season progresses, you know, maybe around all-star break, um, if we do need to make a trade and we don't sign anybody else in the off season, you know, we, at least we have that in our back pocket. So sure. There's definitely a chance to, to add a bullpen piece for X amount of millions to go right. over if it's half of a year and they, right. they're making seven or $8 million that year that's an opportunity for the Cubs to swoop in and still be under the luxury tax. And Bellinger signing this deal is interesting because it's a little similar to, first of all, we talked about Correa, but it's similar to the Imanaga signing. So 
I'm curious as to why the Cubs are being so risk averse right now with deals. I'm not sure if it's just the Hayward contract or if they saw how they felt about Alfonso Soriano several years ago, but they, they're really afraid to pull the trigger on a massive deal. And I get the PCA is there in center, Bush is there in first. So they feel really highly about how their farm system looks. And before they deal from it, I think they wanted to see how some of the guys look and then make deals on the edges. They did trade Jackson Ferris, who is a top, you know, top 10 Cubs prospect for Michael Bush, who's now another top, obviously top 10 Cubs prospect until he plays enough games and graduates. So the Cubs are looking to stay young here. They're not committing any anything more than four years to any uh, veterans right now, even though Cody Bellinger is only 28. So the Cubs right. eyes, maybe they think he's 32, but it, yeah. we'll see what happens with Cody because he could, he could opt out next year and sign with someone else. Or if the, his market is still not strong, he could opt in. Or if PCA ends up with a career-altering injury, which I really don't hope, then I guess the Cubs could go out and sign him to the deal he wants next offseason. Yeah. I don't true. know. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, any, John, any closing thoughts on how you feel about this deal or where where you think we should look for around the edge of the roster as Bellinger makes his way into camp? So Bellinger, I think just as a closing thought, I thought Bellinger signed a, a great deal for him as far as, like you had mentioned, he if he does excellent the first year or even the second year, then he can even they can opt out for you know a massive deal. He apparently likes the Yankees as he, you know, as the camera was recording him. So I mean Maybe he's hoping to opt out of the the second year of that and ask the Yankees for like a massive deal that he was looking for before. Yeah, um, I don't want to give that to him, but you know, but <laughs> maybe the Yankees do. Maybe that's what he's hoping for. But I mean, I think, anyways, um, you know, I'm happy that we have him. I think he's in a great spot. I think the Cubs are in a great spot. They didn't overcommit too much money. Um, his. He, you know, I'm seeing on Twitter or X or whatever you call it nowadays, um, you know, his high AAV, he got that. So he's at 30 or 30 million, 30 million, and then 20 million, um, you know, for this year and then the following year and, and so forth. So I think he got that high AAV, which he wanted, but then he has a chance for even higher AAV as well. So it all works out, I think, in the end. So credit to Bellinger for kind of hanging in there a little bit and trying to get a, a decent deal. Uh, I'm just glad it's finally over. I think what Cody, Cody was Cody Del Mendo. We got to make sure we don't say Bellinger, <laughs> Cody Del Mendo or Cody Del Copier, or whatever nickname he's using nowadays um, was mentioning that it was what day uh, 146 or something like that the other day of, yeah. of Bellinger's <laughs> free agency. So I'm just glad it's finally over and now we can start the next watch. Who's our next watch? Chapman or I'm I'm zoning in on Mont Montgomery. Montgomery, if, okay. If Morell looks like just a, a head case at third or just anxiety riddled at third, like he can't make a throw, yeah. then then maybe they'll look to Chapman and then try and make a trade. But if Morell looks looks even remotely composed at third, the next watch would be what is happens to Montgomery. And really, there's so many free agents. So what happens with any of them, right? Right. They got to yeah. sign at some point here. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Like I said, we'll see. Time will tell. And um, I'm just looking forward to, I guess, one final thought was um, 
uh, council. You know, he's he's got, I think, an arsenal now of players and and just like kind of a a chess. It's going to be like kind of like a chess match. You know, which which move does he make? And um, I'm really excited to see how he kind of goes about the season and where his genius comes into play. Yep, and I'm excited to as we track the spring training games. Our next pod, we'll recap the first week. Jan and I will meet up here in Fort Worth in Arlington, Texas for the opening week of the second game of the season. And we'll have coverage of that as well. So we're very excited about some live baseball here and the Bellinger signing. It's been a great week for the Cubs. So that's all the time we have for today. Thanks for joining us on the Brotherly Cubs podcast. If you have thoughts on today's podcast, comment them below. Or if you have any anything else to discuss, let us know as well. Hit that subscribe button, turn on the notifications. And join the conversation with us on Twitter at Brotherly Cubs or Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well. I am Zach, and this is my brother John, and we will see you next week as we discuss more spring training games and maybe some more signings to come for your Chicago Cubs. Peace out. Peace. Listen to this crowd.